Tonight we are here, <clears throat> we are again the ministry for such a time as this, Brother Sam Miller Jr., Reverend John Scott Mason, and G. Lewis Tillman. Again, we make up this ministry call for such a time as this. We're just here to share a word from time to time, or weekly word, on some things that the Lord has laid upon our heart to do on tonight. So. We're going to ask Brother Sam if he would give us what we call our moment of reflection. We'll ask Reverend Mason if he'll give us whatever the Lord has laid on his heart and then open up with a word of prayer. And we'll get into this episode, this part four of Hell Don't Go There for what we know right now to be the last episode on Hell Don't Go There for right now. So, Brother Sam, if you will, if you would give us uh, a moment of uh, reflection. Um, I'll take a moment to, to say this one thing that our, I feel that people have a tendency to say a lot. Um, and it says, um, it is what it is. And, um, over the past couple of months, um, God, was, I was walking one day, and it was in the early morning, um, and I was just outside walking. Every time I have a tendency to walk, and it's kind of, God's just his humor. He humors me all the time, and the wind always blows, and it blows and blows and blows, nonstop, you know, while we're having a conversation. And, and he said, no, it isn't what it is. Um, and it isn't what it is because God is a God that has set everything in his time. Um, everything. Not, not one thing that happens that God doesn't know. So it is what it is. Isn't what it is. It's what God intends it to be. And we have to break that mindset because we're greater than so many things that, that come upon us because there will be sickness, there will be death, there will be sorrow, there will be pain. Um, yet God says um, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest if you think about that our Lord is faithful and true in everything that he said so it's not what it is it's what God wants it to be it's what we have to be 
as Christians. Because as we say it is what it is, we're saying, okay, anything is anything. It's anything. But it's not. It's God has created us in a way that we have to step above all of that and say, God, I know it's more than this. I know it's greater than this because you are greater than all things. That's who, that's who God is. And so we have to stop that mindset of it is what it is because it isn't what it is. It's always what God has intended. This word will tell you exactly what it is. And it's not what it is. It's so much more. So I want to... Just say, when you have that tendency because people say it to me and it isn't, I say, no, it isn't. It's just what God intends it to be. And you have to be that reflection of that in every situation. So it, my moment of reflection is God is greater than what you try to, to minimize him to be because it's not what it is. So when you hear that it is what it is, I hope it leaves that moment to say, you know, it clicks and say, no, it's not. You know, it isn't what it is. You don't have to berate anyone when they say, okay, it is what it is. I, I, you know, when it happens to me, I say, no, it's greater than that. There's it, it, more to it than that. And, that, and people are, well, you're right, you know. But I'm not right. I'm just saying that's what God has put upon me in my spirit. So it, it isn't what it is. We have to understand that God is a burden bearer. He is faithful and just in all things. Um, so hear that, you know, it's not, it's like a whole poem, it is what it is, you know, just shrug your shoulders. No, it isn't, because we have to be bold in everything that we do, and, and not say it is what it is, that's cowering to something, to the situation. Well, it is what it is, and we're just slightly throwing it the question to the side, but that's not what God intended us to do, or to, to be, or to even say, because once you begin to speak it, it manifests itself. And so when you're speaking boldly, it's not what it is. You know, it, it's cancer has hit this table. You know, it's not just, it's not what it is. It's, it's what God says it is. Death has surrounded us all sitting at this table. If it was just is what it is, we wouldn't be sitting here today. God has something better, a purpose. So, so I, I behoove you and say, you know, just think about, you know, Matthew Think about how faithful God is and how true he is his word because he always will be. It might not be it when we want it to be, but he will come at the appointed time, at his time. So that, that's my moment of reflection. I appreciate this moment of opportunity for giving me. Reflecting on uh, just looking back from from last week, uh, I think the biggest thing that that stood out with us uh, was how people gamble uh, and take chances on things that they have no clue about. Uh, when when you look at uh, Christ. This subject of, of hell that we're going through today, you, you think about that subject there is something that he talked about more than any other subject uh, in the Bible. And, and you would think that it would be different, that he would focus more on heaven 
you know, since that seems to be a uh, destination where everyone uh, says they want to go to. I haven't heard anybody say, well, uh, you don't, do you want to go to heaven or not, you know, or I don't want to go to heaven. Uh, I don't want heaven to be my final destination. I, I haven't heard that. Uh, people even try to use uh, their authority to tell you where to go. And, and we know what that is, and you know, they'll tell you to go to go to hell real quick, you know. Uh, but I never hear anybody say go to hell. Uh, so, but when I when I look at Christ throughout this whole lesson that we're that we've been studying, uh, I, I notice one thing about this is that we all have to understand that this thing is personal. Uh, ain't nothing your mother can do for you, nothing your father can do for you, uh, your sisters or your brothers. Uh, <coughs> nobody can do anything for you. It's, this is a decision and a personal decision that we have to make on our own. Uh, because this is one of the places that we want to avoid uh, more than anything else. Uh, so, uh, I look at it in a way to where uh, it has affected me more than anything else because I'm, I'm glad I've been reminded uh, about this. And I think that's one of the things that stops people from, uh, and especially us as Christians, uh, we have to have that heart of compassion to where when Christ tells us to go out to the hedges and the highways and compel men and women to come in. Uh, if we don't have that heart of compassion, knowing what their fate is going to be, if they don't accept Christ as Lord and Savior, then basically we're not being obedient to what God has called us to do as Christians. But there must be something to move us and to disturb us enough to where we're willing to go out and, and make sacrifices and put ourselves and our lives on the line for another person's soul. And he said, him that wins souls is wise. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this, 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 this lesson here, uh, when you think about the reality of it and, and how it affects us in so many ways or will affect us. Uh, if we think about it, we're already being affected because some of us, or I, let me change that, all of us, sad to say, but I'm pretty sure all of us have someone that there's a possibility right now that they could be suffering the torments of hell. And so by leaving that thought alone, being able to focus on what's going on, uh, it should cause you to want to do something about it. And it's hard to be silent about something like this. Uh, no matter how much you might get rejected by men when you mention Jesus Christ to them, uh, you, you still got to move past that because there are lives that are at stake right now. Amen. Want to lead us in prayer?
Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for another day you allowed us to see. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord, because we were able to wake up this morning knowing that if we didn't wake up, there's nothing else that gets started until we do that. So, Father, we ask you tonight that you open up our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, yes, and our spiritual hearts, Father, so that we can drink in everything that you have to say, Father, because we need to grow by your word, Father. And Lord, we just thank you that just give us wisdom tonight. Give us understanding, Father. Let us get knowledge with that understanding. And Father, let us be able to uh, be able to say something tonight that's going to help somebody. Uh, maybe someone will hear you through us tonight, Father. And, and by them hearing you through us, Father, maybe they will come to the cross and understand that the only way that they're ever going to go to heaven, Father, is when they look at the foot of the cross and trust the one that hung on that cross for our sins. And that person was Jesus Christ. Thank you for it tonight. Ask that you speak with us and let your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into all truth. And then, Father, we ask that he would illuminate us, cause us to see that very truth that he leads us to, and we can share that truth with others. Thank you for it right now. And we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So on tonight, we look to, as we do at the end of every episode, put a bow tie on this subject right here for now. I don't know if the Lord will bring us back to it at a later date because we have actually already did a series on this right here before. So we were not on FaceTime Live or on one of our podcast platforms. <clears throat> so tonight we, uh, we want to look at the conclusion of this particular story that Jesus is telling. Uh, say, I don't know why, but this is just starting to bother me right now because as we have, this is our fourth week in doing this, and every week I'm reminded that people are going to this place. Yes, sir. Every week I'm reminded that for those people who end up here, there is no hope. Every week. I see stuff going on, people dying left and right, and I think I saw this morning where even up here last night, a father and his four-year-old kids with kids. Four-month-old, that's right, I'm sorry. Four-month-old kids. The four-month-old, I'm sure, is rested in Abraham's book. But if the father didn't know Jesus Christ, that moment before they both lost their life was the last moment he got to spend with his four-month-old Sam, you were talking about people saying it is what it is. And it's, it's amazing you were saying that because to me, I look at that statement as it is what it's going to be. Because what it is right now may not be, end up being what it's going to be. Well, 
that's what they don't know. They just say it is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but I'm disturbed, and I'm so disturbed that Sunday I have to preach on this subject right here. On hell. People think hell is a joke. <clears throat> they think it's not real. They think they can live the way they want to and do like the thief on the cross at the last minute, ask the Lord to save me and forgive me. But the problem with that is you don't know whether you have that time. And the only time <clears throat> all of us have is right now. So when we look at this story, we understand that this man who was living his life, as people say, to the fullest one day, woke up in hell another day. And when he ended up in hell, he was conscious. He remembered the stuff. He even saw Abraham and Lazarus. He was conscious. Because of his lifestyle, he was condemned to hell. He was condemned to hell because he did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I think that, excuse me. No, go ahead. I was, um, a couple of days ago, he didn't have, he, knew, he, knew, he chose not to have a relationship. He knew who he was. But he still made the choice and the decision because he, he thought he had a little while longer. My thought, I'm thinking of because he, Father Abraham, hold on, Father, you call Father, you, that's close. Family. That's close. Yes, you family. You in the family. He, he knew who he was, but his lifestyle, as you say, he chose to live that lifestyle and not to, to let go of all that in order to, to give God. Because he would have been probably, uh, that's just my thought process. He didn't like the man said, give up everything you possess. How yeah. much I but you would refuse to. He might have been put in that same situation again. All he had to do was take care of a man at his door. That probably might have got him where he needed to be. But he that his last opportunity, he knew who he was. He just, it, and there's so many, we all have that choice too. Because I, I think I've given, I've had three. I knew I didn't Torment on fire. That's people that probably sit there saying the same thing he said. The family members make it. Please let them know. Because they're doing the same thing. It's true. There's nothing new under the sun. So what he's doing probably other people are doing right now. Begging. Torment. Please tell me. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. <coughs> I see it. I see it. Brother Sam, I, I was I was thinking to a uh, rich man said when Lazarus go back and tell his five brothers uh, about the situation he was in, uh, so they wouldn't come. But you know, one one of the things I'm I'm, I'm looking at with the, uh, the rich man. He wanted Lazarus to go to his father's house, okay, and tell his five brothers uh, 
Not come there. But what I'm looking at too is I'm thinking that the rich man come from a rich family. And I believe he's probably looking at his five brothers as being rich and possibly living the same type of lifestyle he's living. And a lifestyle totally without God. And so he wants the Lazarus to go back and warn him, look, if you don't change the way you live, you're going to wind up in the same place that I am right now. And I think he was concerned about that because it seems to bother him. He was like, well, they're not here right now. But if there's any way that I can go back and warn him about this place right here, he said, I'm going to get the one that I mistreated the most to go back and do that. Now, how do you, and, and that's the way we, we treat people today. See, we, the very people that you treat wrong in life might be the very people you need to do one of the biggest favors that you ever, ever would need in life. And he was in a situation, in a hopeless situation, to where he, he can't do nothing else about it. So he, now he knows that he's trapped, and he can't leave out of this place. So he sees Abraham far off, and he says, okay, well, maybe now I can get something done uh, in a way that I know I can't do it. So let me see if I can get, if I can get Lazarus. And, and not knowing that, and, and I think that when, when you look at him, he's thinking that, why would Lazarus do this for him? He's, he's not looking at that. Because when you look at, think about it, when you mistreat somebody in life, and then all of a sudden now you need that person to do something very important for you, why would you even think that they're going to do it for you? He had that mindset in hell. He like, yeah, I mistreated Lazarus. I gave him trash to eat. Yeah, I wouldn't even give him. Basically, I wouldn't even give him the trash. The breadcrumbs that I used to wipe my hands, to wipe the grease on my hand, I wouldn't even give him that because I didn't even think about him in that way to even give him the crumbs off the table. But when you think about that, he's like, okay, well, I mistreated him as worse as anybody could be mistreated. But now, I need help. So I'm going to ask the very one that I mistreated to help me out. Now, how many times do you think people are going to help you out now when you mistreated them like that? It takes a God person to do that. It takes a God person. You. It takes a God person. So you're trying to say that nobody even though has ever come to you and done you that way. Because it's been done to me. Right. And still come and ask me. And I... I at that moment, I'm, I'm like, sitting there thinking, like, the nerve of you. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because, right. And then they have, have the nerve to say, I know you're a Christian. That part right there. Yes, sir. And everybody would be like, sure. Exactly. And convention said, like, yesterday, I was at the gas station, and uh, this dude came up to me, hey, man, uh, can, can, you, can you get this in all the door in my truck? And I give him a few dollars to get some oil in my truck. And I'm like, 
But I ain't got no money to get you more. Because I, you know, I'm like, I give you this money, you're going to go there and get you some alcohol. Then I heard him ask somebody else for some more. So I'm like, okay, maybe he needs some more. Right. So as I'm coming out, he coming in. I'm like, you really need some more? If you I said, go get it. I pay for it. Because the conviction that was on me of who I am made me do that. But a couple things to what you just said. You said he may have come from a rich family, so his brothers was rich. If that wasn't the case, they now got a hold of his money. So either way, they're rich. But here's the one thing, and I thought this is where you were going with this. He wants to now send Lazarus to where he wouldn't let Lazarus come. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to send him back to his house, but he never let him pass the gate to his house. Never let him in. Right. Now he wants him to go in. See, again, he's conscious in hell. He's condemned in hell. Mm-hmm. He's convicted about being in hell because he didn't form him. Now he can serve Something else was struck, but I didn't do it. Because he said, send me to my father's house. Mm-hmm. So it, this this money that wealth has trickled down from the father to the son because he didn't say go to my house. He said go to my father's house. So they all still, it's been trickled down from the father, but who is the father? I, I don't know who that is, but it does say the father's house. Yeah, it says so who maybe, the father's house. Maybe he didn't even let them stay with him. <laughs> True. Maybe they got to come over. True. But for him to want to send Lazarus, oh, yes. and we get into this at the end, they knew Lazarus. Right. Because they're like, even if one rose from the dead. So they would know, okay, this I know Lazarus died. Hey. And here he back, so this message gotta be real. But he's concerned. And the concern he has now, those of us that are still alive, need to have that concern now, sir. We need to have that concern for our family, for our friends, and even our enemies. Because I heard you say, I wouldn't even tell my worst enemy to go here. You know, I think one of the things, too, that we should pay close attention to uh, and, and I think this is one of the one of those golden nuggets that Jesus is trying to bring out. He's letting us see that you have an unsaved person in hell that's concerned about people that haven't went to hell. Now, if you got an unsaved person that's concerned about people who haven't went to hell, what does that say about us who are saved and should be concerned about people that's going to hell? See, he's saying a lot right there. He's letting us know what's going on, why he's dead. And, and, and Jesus is letting this, uh, this story come out to a point to where it's a warning to us that should basically get some type of fire burning up in us to where we need to get away from, uh, you know, these, these, these messages that talk about the miracles and blessings and Jesus said what type of uh, generation is it that expects miracles and look for miracles all the time? He said it's wicked. 
wicked and adulterous generation, man, who look for miracles and all that. And what we hear a lot of a lot of preachers talking about. Prosperity. You know, not all of them, yeah, but no, some no, of them. Yeah. Prosperity. Some of them talk about all this prosperity and then they talk about uh miracles and breakthroughs and all like that. Well ain't nothing wrong with that if that's what God's supposed to do. But it ain't what he called us to do. That's not our main focus. Our main focus is for us to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was his first command that he gave the disciples. Go into our world and preach the gospel. So why have we basically evaded ourselves from that to where we've settled for other things? Because as you have said before, people listen to and flock to what they want to hear. There's a church everywhere preaching what you want to hear. Sure. But there's a church that's preaching straight truth to what you don't want to hear. Right. And a lot of times, those churches won't be full. Those churches won't have a whole lot of people. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's not possible. But, and see, you said it today, and while you were saying it, I'm like right there with you. I don't care about being popular. I don't care about, it ain't about the money. It's about a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. So, just like this man is concerned, you just said something real deep there. If a person in hell is concerned about unsaved, what should be the status of Christians being concerned about the unsaved? Because we once used to be unsaved. But see, sometimes, and we talked about this too, as Christians, we tend to forget where we came from. Sometimes we tend to forget that that person we looking at that's walking around cussing and drinking and smoking used to be us. Used to be us, exactly. That person that's exactly. running the street, that, that young lady that's got that little short dress on, used to be us. And the reason some of us don't wear that stuff is because we can't fit it. Right. Because they don't suit us anymore. Exactly. But this man now is concerned about his family, mm -hmm. and he wants somebody to go tell them, don't come here. And Abraham, and I told him, Sam, I told Reverend Mason this, every request in hell is no. Mm -hmm. Everything you ask in hell is no. You get no more privilege. No, mercy has ran out when you end up in hell. Yes. You have maxed out your mercy card and grace is gone. When, once you end up in there. Now, it's sad that this man only became concerned about others coming to hell when he got to hell. Right. See, now he got no choice but to be, I mean, you got no choice. I don't want my family, even if you and a family member didn't get along, you wouldn't want them here. Right. Right. So now he's concerned. He said, Father Abraham, uh, if you will. <laughs> Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, mm -hmm. that thou would send, verse 27, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers. That number five is, represents grace. So he's in hell asking for grace and can't help. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. Now he's concerned. 
He won't concern when they were living it up every day. He won't concern when he was eating. You know he probably, he probably had his brothers at the table. His brother probably walked by there go Lazarus again. He won't concern then. He concerned now. But his concern has hit a dead end. Abraham said unto him, this is what we're trying to get to. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them, your five brothers, hear them. He basically tells this man, they got the word. And if they don't get into this word, they're going to be in trouble. And I want to tell somebody listening to us, the word will keep you out of hell if you obey the word. And when I talk about the word, I'm talking about the literal word and the literal word. The literal word being the word of God, written, but the literal word also being the son of God, who is God. Because John 1 and 1 said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. It was not anything that was made made. But then when you run down to verse 14, it said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And so they only begot another father full of grace and truth. So until you get into the word and the word get into you, you're going to miss hell. I mean, you're going to miss heaven. True. The word will keep you out of hell if you let the word get in you and you obey the word that's in you. He said they got Moses and the prophet. And watch this. <clears throat> They had to be Jews for him to say, Father Abraham. And earlier, Abraham called him son. Yes. So that meant they were in the family. But they decided, they chose not to adhere to the word. Now, here we go. Look at the people today. Let's ignore the word. Look at the people today that don't get into this right here. Yeah, we got them on our phones, on our tablets, on our iPads, everywhere. But we don't get in the Word. Until it is with this particular, and even some other people, you think because when you don't, for them here, when you don't have hardships and struggles, because they don't, they didn't, they didn't want for anything. So, so, so they didn't have hardships and struggles. But, but for us, Lazarus even had going through some things. As we go through things, some hardships, some pain, man, it, it draws us near to God because oh, who else would ever turn to God? God away. See, they didn't have, they didn't feel the need to have to turn to Him because we're rich. We got everything. We got, we got the finest thing. They were like the church at Laodicea. Yes. Didn't think they needed God. That's the same thing with people today. And I, I hate to say it, so even some Christians don't get it. See, he's still on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, he really don't. Yeah, he still don't get it. Because he's still trying to be commanding and demanding. Exactly. And, 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 and if you look at it, after Abraham told him that, Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He like, no. The word. What's his next thing out of his mouth? And he said, no. See, yeah. he still didn't get it. But, you know what? Whether he get it or not, he got it. Yeah. He got the it that he wanted. Right. Because see, if you deny Christ, you choose the option. It's true. If you don't choose Christ, you choose, you choose the option. Right. You choose the option. Exactly. And the opposite is eternal damnation. True. So when you don't choose Christ, you've already chosen. You've already chosen. You, cho you chose damnation right. over eternal life. Exactly. So no choice is a choice. There's no such thing as no choice. Because you chose, even if you like, as you say, do you want the red or do you want the yellow? And you don't choose, you made the choice not to choose. Right. But you don't get one of them. No, you don't have to have that. You get, yeah. You, you, what, what, you, what, you, what you get is you get nothing from that, that choice. But yeah. in this situation, yeah. you're going to get a choice. Exactly. Because you're making a choice by not making the choice. But you still get a choice. Right. You're going to get a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua said, choose you this man. Right. Whom you will serve. Powerful statement. People choose every day. And you can see the choices being made. Right. Look on your phone. Look how people live. Look what's important to people. We were talking as I was on the way up the road. We did this series on why isn't God important anymore? Because of, I mean, interesting anymore. Because maybe we need to be more important. Because of all the choices that people make. They choose everything but Him. And I used to be guilty. I used to be one of those that used to choose to stay home on Sunday. But because my mama took me to church and deposited something in me, the word of God proved to be true. Train them up in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they won't depart from it. I left, but I came back. I didn't abandon it. I stepped aside. And see, now people are abandoning the faith. People are abandoning the church. People will go to a funeral on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and even a Saturday. Fill up a church, but you won't see them at the church that Sunday. It's always an excuse. Choice. Yeah, it is. And that's an excuse that they always have. You know, it's that what and you keep we keep saying it here now. At this moment, right where, where he's at, there's no other choice. There's no there are no excuses anymore. He does. See, the good thing about everybody that can do what I'm doing right now, which is talking, you still got time. Right. You still got time to make the right choice. But I'm young. Time, I got time to get, I got time. You young? Young. Children die every day. Matter of fact, Saturday night, this past Saturday night, kids got shot in Chattanooga. There was a shooting in Chattanooga. I saw something 
on the news break. They arrested a 10-year-old boy for writing a letter saying he was getting ready to commit a mass shooting at his school. That's, I'm concerned about everybody, but working with kids and seeing how they are, I'm really concerned about our kids. Because our kids have no record, have no knowledge of God. They're like, oh my God, but they don't know what they're saying. They will even swear to him they don't know what they're doing. And see, it's not their fault per se because nobody has taught them. So by not teaching your children about Christ and them not headed or moving towards Christ, you're actually leading your children to hell. Unless somebody step in and intervene. Remember back in the days, grandmama would get the mama didn't do it. Grandma picked up the pieces and you went to church with grandmama. Now grandmama ain't too much older than daughter. And she don't know about church. It's all about a good time. It's all about living my life to the fullest or living my best life now. Well, for those of you all that think you live in your best life now, die like that without Christ. Because that's going to be true. You will have lived your best life while you were on here. Because when you close your eyes and wake up in here, you don't get another chance. People don't think about it. It's not taught about. It's not talked about enough. Again, Every time you go to a funeral, rest in peace, rest in power, rest in heaven. Everybody ain't going to heaven. A lot of people do just like this rich man did. Die and lift up their head, their eyes, in a burning head. And nobody's sounding the alarm like it should be sounding. Because every time you turn around, somebody dies. All those people that died of COVID, if they didn't get it right before they died, the word says, in hell they're going to lift up their eyes. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. I don't care what Elijah Muhammad say. I don't care what Louis Farrakhan say. I don't care what Hindu and Shindu and Confucius and all the mother play people say. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you die that way in hell, you're going to lift up your eyes. <clears throat> and it's forever. There's no break. There's no relief. Again, Brother Mason, if y'all turned your stove on over there and I went and touched it, I would, I would feel that heat for a moment, but eventually I'd have some relief. Right. Not in hell. You burn and you don't burn up. Burning skin. Grinding of teeth. He said, I am tormented in this flame. Mm. Can you imagine 
just living in a flame. I mean, either surrounded by a flame or you got your own flame that you are tormented by. And you chose that because you wanted to enjoy the cares of this world. I seen something where a young lady wrote, Lord, help me fall less in love with this world every day. Help me to dismiss myself from this world every day. Because this world has nothing to offer us. <clears throat> Temporary pleasure. And that's, that's the problem. People are caught up in the temporary and not concerned about the eternal. It is, but and, and and we if we look at it, you know, it's not the the riches of this man that took him to hell. It, that's that's not even it. It's just the, the the riches that he had. He didn't use them in a way that was should have been used on Lazarus or anybody else or anything that that draw whether it, whether it's excuse, whether it's money, whether it's sex, what, whatever is that separation between you and God, whatever it is, it don't have to be money, but that that one thing. That, that the devil will hone in on and keep there, that's what separated His riches was his God. Yes. You talk about it all the time. Yes. Money and, and, and one of them going to be your master. Yeah. And, and that, that's the thing. People don't understand how powerful it is. See, he didn't have the riches. The riches, the riches had him. Yes. But if he had taken that and, and, and all the other. Exactly. And, and I always look at it, it's, it's, and I always say it because I look at it, you have four hundred million dollars, mm -hmm. and, and, and out of four hundred million dollars, you, there should be in, in your neighborhood, wherever you live at and reside in, there's somebody beside you, there's fifty other people on your team, or have twenty, twenty-five, whatever. It's billions of dollars that nobody should go under. Exactly. There, there should be no, there should yeah. be in that, but you, you you're image. selfish enough to say I'm gonna pass it down, but then end up some of them. Broke, okay. yeah. homeless, right. spent it all, drug addictions, yeah. and, and you lost it all. Why? Because that was your, that was it. Yeah. That was your yeah. heaven on earth, yeah. right? But now you want yeah. some, some, some help. Now, now you, you say I'm hurting right now. But when you were up here, you, you didn't think about anybody else but beneath.